Welcome to the Fashion Your Passion podcast, your one-stop shop to finding your passion and living it out right now. I'm your host, Sammy Beatrice, a college student and passion coach committed to helping you, whether you're in school or working a nine-to-five, find your passion that you can do every single day and help you love your life a little bit more because of it. On this podcast, you will hear from successful guests as well as solo episodes from your host, all about tips on how to find your passion and how to implement it into your life, even when you feel you don't have enough time to. Let's get to it. Ladies, as many of you know, this podcast was just a 4 a.m. idea in preparation for a school project. Now it is a way that I get to spread my voice and help other teens create the best habits for their life. I want to hear your voice too. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's all the tools you need in the app or on their website. And my favorite part is that Anchor distributes your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can make money from your podcast too. It's everything you need, and all you have to do is go to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. I can't wait to listen to your podcast. Gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. I am super excited to have you guys tune in this week. I have on Cameron Campbell, also known as Coach Cam, who is an entrepreneur, author, coach, speaker, you name it, he probably does it. And I am so excited to welcome you to the show, Cameron. Thank you so much. Sammy, I'm glad to be here. Can you just give my listeners a little bit more about what you do exactly throughout your day-to-day and sort of how you came into doing these things? Well, day-to-day, I just try to stay away from COVID. (laughs) I couldn't resist. So one of the reasons I thought this show was so dope is because really, you know, you as a host, you're sitting in like the most formative years of your life, figuring it out. And so I'd say that's really where the start of it for me is. And so, you know, whether it's speaking, whether it's launching a new business, whether it's mentoring, consulting, philanthropic work in the community, my sports construction company, I wrote a book last year. I'm working on my second one now. We're launching a new e-course here in the next, you know, week or so. You know, so really it's just about harnessing, I guess, one, being painfully honest about your skill set and also being painfully honest yet detaching your deficiencies, right? So like the idea of a person being like a master of everything is not realistic. So I've got to be honest about what I'm amazing at and then what I suck at. And then work towards what I suck at. So it's not like displace those things, but just create a lifestyle. So we talked about Red Bull off the air. And what I think is so dope about the brand is it is so uniquely Red Bull, right? So like I don't drink Red Bull, but I can from a distance respect the fact that folks that are in that culture and lifestyle, that's them. And so to answer your question, I spend most of my day crafting a life that I enjoy. And I spend the rest of my day sharing that life with the world. I love that so, so, so much. I sort of vibe with that because I'm over here, you know, doing this podcast because A, I enjoy it, but also B, because I want to share messages like the one that you hold and the one that, you know, so many others hold with the world and with, you know, people who tune into this podcast every single day. And so take me back to sort of Kid Cameron, because you are very involved in sort of sports and you've spoken to a bunch of different sports agencies and sports teams. So take me back and really talk about what you were interested in at the time and how your sports fascination developed into what you do today. 
So different than today's culture, I didn't play youth sports until I got to middle school. I played one year of like little league baseball. I was in the second grade. And because I was so big, they put me with the fourth graders and it was not a good experience. And so, you know, what I say to that, Sammy, is I'm a very curious person. I really enjoy learning. And I've always been infatuated with cross-training, right? And so I think when you think of cross-training, you think of like a football player who does yoga or a basketball player who plays tennis to work on their you know, lateral speed. So yes, in that way, but I was always curious of the business model of the corner store and like how that tied into when I realized that corner stores don't make money selling gas. I was like probably 15 years old. And so I was like, you know, why is a corner store here? And they're there to mark up the candy bar 2X, right? And so like, that's how they make the money or arcade games or, you know, whatever it may be, right? So just like, I was always a curious kid. And, and I think that the longer I played sports and the better I got at it. And when I finally, for me, accepted the fact that I was good, I, I was one of those athletes who tried to never drink the Kool-Aid that people were pouring down my throat. Mm-hmm. Right. And so postseason accolades are all, you know, all the kind of stuff that you get with playing ball. I watched how it didn't necessarily corrupt people, but it changed who they were. Even as an athlete, like at the University of Houston, I was a football player. So the way the campus is set up is like it's, it's downtown and it's like three major city streets that encapsulize the campus. I literally never wore my athletic stuff on the other side of campus. Like there are people who I went to school with who never even knew that I played football. And, you know, just conversely, like the athletic side of my life, they had no idea that I did some of the things, you know, on the other side of school. So I feel like as a Black man, as a large Black man, as an athlete, my younger years, I just never wanted to be boxed as that guy. Like you got that opportunity because you play ball or this because you're that. It's like, no, like respect me, respect my mind. I think that's a big part of it too, is the assumption that I'm this way because I'm this. For sure. And I feel like especially now where a lot of sports and activities and just sort of the visual side of things is becoming much more diverse in a sense. It's like people are starting to get into this space where they're realizing that if they stay true to themselves and begin to find themselves and come off as who they really are and who they really want to be, they're more effective in their everyday lives because of that. And I just think that it's just so important to continue to spread that message because my younger listeners, like they may be falling into the trap of what everyone else wants them to do and what everyone else has set up for their lives. And they don't know how to sort of get out of that. So what was sort of your thought process when you were like, hey, I'm going to become an entrepreneur? So I was an entrepreneur my entire life. My first hustle, I was nine years old. And I literally used to tie a lawnmower to the back of my bicycle as a kid and just hustle, cutting people's grass. You know, I had some success for that. Then I'd bring like some of my mom's dishwasher detergent in a bucket. Then I'd cut your grass and wash your car. And then I figured out that if I cut your grass first, you didn't have to pay me, but like, hey, I cut your grass. So if you don't want to pay me, no problem. But if you do, I charge 10 bucks or whatever it was, right? I was always an entrepreneur. Like when I was in college, I had side hustles. I worked on the side. The NCAA did not. And so, you know, what I'd say to your listeners, especially like your younger, your early listeners is be authentically who you are. And so I literally suppressed my entrepreneurial spirit for years 
going with like common folklore, right? So like our educational system develops people to work at Apple. They don't develop Steve Jobs. My whole life, I was a Steve Jobs, right? So like one of the things that I can say about Kanye West, and I used to be a huge Kanye fan, like Kanye is no longer like for me. And so I respect whatever he's got going on over there, but you know, it ain't for me. But when he goes on this tirade, like, I'm Walt Disney and I'm Steve Jobs, I identify so closely with that. And so what Kanye is truly saying is, stop trying to put me in a box. Allow me to create. Allow me to make mistakes. Allow me to come into your space as a producer. And then a producer who was like a really crappy rapper. Then a producer who became a better rapper. A producer who was true to himself. I mean, even if you look at Kanye, right? So like from day one, he called himself the Louis Vuitton Don. I mean, he was like from head to toe drenched in Ralph Lauren. And so it's like the idea that he's going from producer to rapper to in the fashion space to Yeezy or whatever you call it to shoot. It's all authentically him. Yeah. It's just one of the things I will say for your listeners is money doesn't change you. It just makes you more of who you already are. Like, so for me, for example, I did not realize that I had OCD until I started making a lot of money, <laughs> honestly, right? So rooms with clutter aggravated me. Or like if there's three salt shakers on the table, like they need to be lined up. And it, it, it would be pesky things that would like give me slight anxiety. But it wasn't until I had the money to say, I don't like that, change it. So it didn't make me a tyrant. The money just gave me the freedom to change things I didn't like, right? And so where people kind of like crap on Kanye, it's like, no, he's been a jerk. Like listen to his music. He's been consistent. He's just got more money now. So he's just, more of who he already was. Yeah, 100%. And I think that to sort of back off of like letting yourself live outside of the range that people set up for you and letting yourself fly free in a sense really starts with sort of like what routines you hold for yourself and what standard you hold yourself to for your everyday life. Because if you're constantly thinking of, oh, I'm just this boring person who goes to school and then that's it, like you're not going to sort of succeed in the way that you wish to and you truly want to, rather than if you think about like, oh, like I could potentially be making seven figures by the time I'm 25. Like that's something that I started working towards and stuff like that. And I want to dive into your e-course, which is when the first quarter of your day And I've got to say just by the title that I'm already obsessed with it because I am a big, big morning person, a big, big person of routine. So let's dive into that. Talk a little bit about what it is. Don't spoil too much, obviously, but just talk about, you know, what it is and why you created it for. So first off, thank you. I appreciate that. And I'll send you, when we get off, I'll send you a link so you can check it out. I'd love to get your feedback on it. So the thing about entrepreneurship and business is what an entrepreneur does is solves other people's problems. And so whether it's a consultant, whether it's a digital marketing agency, whether it's, you know, like Facebook, grandma seeing pictures of kids, whatever, right? Like that's what entrepreneurs do. And so I inadvertently like stumbled upon this, if I'm honest, because I selfishly kept it to myself for years. And so my pre-Kanye rant, what I was saying was like, we owe it to like share what we have to create into the universe. Like we owe it to share what we have. Yeah. And I've been using this protocol for a number of years 
a lot of it came from like my playing days. And I am a morning person myself. I get up at 3.30 every morning and start my day, which some people just can't wrap their head around. So I'm like, yeah. fine, wake up at four. If you can't wake up at 3.30, wake up at four. And so when I wrote my first book last year, I did like a six city promo tour. And at every stop, when you finish signing your books, you kind of take questions and answers. And every stop, people would ask me, like, how do you do so much in the day? And you do consultant work and you speak and you work with different NFL clubs and you're in the community and you got a sports construction company, you got a fan. How do you do those things? And like every time I didn't have a very good answer other than I win the first quarter of my day. Like I start my day at four o'clock in the morning. And a lot of it goes back to that athletic experience. And, you know, you think about you're in Southern California, you think about like LeBron and AD and like the show they put on last night, right? But just like what an ultimate champion looks like. The idea that LeBron walks onto a court and dominates for 60 minutes, I guess, it happens in the off season, right? So it's the summer, it's the pre-fall when he's getting in shape and pushing his body to a limit. And what we see as consumers is a manifestation of that in the season. And so in a nutshell, what the course is about is if a person were to have a off season of their day is from four o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock. That is your off season, your preseason. That's how you start your day. And so the idea of a person getting to work at nine o'clock, let's say eight thirty, and they're shoving a bagel down their throat. They've got like rot gut because they drank too much last night and they had like beer and wings and stuff for dinner and they're fussing with traffic and trying to check their email. Well, you didn't win your preseason, right? So what you should have done was start your day earlier have some time with God or whatever higher power you identify with, does something kinesthetic, get your body moving, feel good about yourself, do some affirmation, journal. The course goes over like a lot of this, but the point I'm making is you stopping at Starbucks is not why you were late. Those four minutes did not make or break you starting your day on a bad note. You failing to prepare for your day is the reason why you're 10 or 15 minutes late. So just the idea that like as an athlete, there are very few things that you cannot prepare for. You can prepare for just about anything. And so when you put that into the framework of a student, you put that in the framework of a first or second year, you know, kind of getting your career going. It's like, yeah, you should be running laps around your competition, no matter who your competition is with the intern they just hired over here or the guy who got the job you wanted. You should be circling laps around that guy because you have a magic power in your ability if you choose to deploy it. Yeah. My mentor always says, she goes, head into the left lane and just pass everyone with your dreams and your ambitions. Just work for it. And I find it, you know, it's all so true because it's like people set up this sort of standard for themselves where they believe they are unable to achieve certain things. And so it's like, I personally think that if you sort of develop a routine, first of all, you could clear on your goals, your dreams and your ambitions, right? Like what exactly do you want to do? And then you mold those into your routine. You could easily achieve them in less time than you were if you just sort of, you know, dilly-dallied about the whole thing. And my whole sort of goal for this podcast is to show people that no matter whether they're in school or working at a nine to five or whatever they're doing, that they can also pursue something that they love a little bit more to love their life a little bit more. I feel like it's that time in the morning, four to eight, where you can pursue those things. You know, because you go to work, you go to school from what, nine to five, and you have sort of after school, after work, where it's like you're tired, you don't want to do things, you have to catch up on family stuff, dishes, laundry, all that stuff like that. So it's the morning time that really sets you up for doing 
all your other things. You know, I was up at six today and I got Duncan and then I came back and I caught up on my emails and I finished a bunch of things I had to do from last night. And then now I'm recording this podcast. And then after this, I'll go off and I'll go do school. So it's like just in order to set up your day and be prepared, that's the most important thing. So what are sort of your biggest tips for people who are like, I don't know how to prepare myself for the day ahead, the month ahead, the week ahead, whatever it is. How do I do so? Yeah. So you touched on something that kind of, you took me back to my college years. Like you said, it kind of in passing, right? And so I think that the very beginning of this framework for me was the year I got redshirted, right? And so a student athlete's day looks like this. Your first workout's five o'clock in the morning. You go get a lift in and go get conditioning. You probably have training table or study hall until your first class. You've got class, you know, kind of manage those two or three hours. You've got lunch that you got to sit at, at training table. You've got a mandatory study hall afterwards. Then you've got preseason conditioning to make sure you, you get your injuries and stuff taken care of at training table. Then you've got your walkthrough, film study, practice, lift, shower, eat, film study, and or study hall, right? So like your day is managed from five o'clock in the morning till about 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night. That was the first time I realized how many hours 24 hours really is, mm-hmm. right? Like 24 hours is a lot of time. The second thing you touched upon is like, if we understand what mastery, what true mastery is, and we understand that 10,000 hours is an average benchmark to achieving mastery, no matter what that mastery is, like you do have the choice of the sidewalk, which is like one mile per hour, the slow lane, which is 30 miles per hour, the middle lane, which is 50 or like 70, right? So it's like, it's your choice. If you're committed to mastering whatever it is, whether it's yourself, growth, entrepreneurship, being a holistic, no matter what you're trying to master, you can control how fast you get there. And so, you know, the first thing I say is you have to be impatiently patient or patiently impatient, whichever way you choose to see it. And so again, like either you're in the 70 miles per hour lane and you're clogging traffic because you've got to figure out how to get to 70 or you're going 85 and getting pulled over every quarter mile because you've got to figure out how to throttle down to consistently go 70. And it's respectfully, everyone's path is everyone's path, right? And so I think the second thing off of that is we have to respect the fact that everyone is not an entrepreneur and that's okay. Yeah. Right. There's so many times I talk to like college students or guys fresh out and it's like, I can't work for anybody. I'm the man. Like it's got to be me. And then you ask them one question. So why would anybody work for you? <laughs> right. Like if everybody thought the way you thought, and if everybody thinks I can't work for anybody, then you would have nobody to work for you. So then you think about like what entrepreneurship truly is, and it is solving people's problems, but there is a obligation and a commitment that comes with job creation Mm -hmm. that is so serious, right? So the same way that a university built the trust for parents to leave their kid there as a business owner you got to trust me. Like Sammy's got to trust that Coach Cam's going to create enough revenue and opportunities for you to not have to go job searching or, you know, whatever every other week because your check's not there, right? So there's a responsibility that comes with entrepreneurship that's bigger than you. And I think that one of the consistent themes in the course is, is bigger than you. Like it's not just about you. Yeah, 100%. And I was just talking on an interview the other day and I was saying how I tell people, yes, go find your passion, go live it out, go do it while you're in a nine to five that you may not like while you're in school, you know, pursuing a major, hopefully that you like, 
But I was saying that my whole thing is not to help you find a passion that may become a business for you because it may not be. It may be manifested into, you know, a corporate job or it may be manifested into just a normal job. But my thing is that if you don't love at least something you're doing every single day that is taking up a vast majority of your day, then why are you doing the thing for? And I think that's the biggest piece, you know, and sort of the biggest difference between a lot of the influencers that I see nowadays and, you know, you and I, it's like, we're not trying to say, go out and work for yourself. You know, if that's what floats your boat, then yes, go do it. But what we're saying is that you need to set yourself up for success, whatever success looks like to you. And so I want to ask you, you know, like what is sort of your definition of success and how do you think that people can sort of define success for themselves? Yeah. So success, I think, is moving target. It's a target that you never want to actually achieve, right? So from a discovery standpoint, I would say that a person listening to this show who is 25 or younger, you're successful if you are able to re-educate yourself. I want to say this carefully. I do not want to undervalue a formal education. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is there's a difference between a person who should be a nurse or a person who should be an engineer, right? Versus a person who is attention detail oriented. They enjoy solving problems and they have no problem iterating until they problem solve, Mm -hmm. right? So like those three traits carry into those two professions. So the idea is that I'm 19 and I've got to choose my major and I've got to go into engineering. It's like, no, understand your skill set. So for me, I'm a natural creative. I'm a natural leader. My grammar teacher is somewhere like circling in red all of my typos, right? So like the idea of me being super attention to detail oriented. No, if you've ever gotten an email from me longer than two sentences, you found at least two typos in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, but also I'm honest enough to say like, this isn't my skill set. Right. So let me focus on what I'm really, really good at. And so with those two or three things for me led me to working in the NFL front office, led me to starting my first business, led me to education, led me to being a coach, led me to working in a nonprofit. Right. And so it's like all of these different career opportunities or career pivots were all suited in these two or three skill sets versus I've got to be a marketing guy the rest of my life. We know the marketing was a creativity right? I've got to be a coach. No, that was the great leadership piece, right? So you can almost look back over your track record, no matter how long you've been working, no matter how long you've been in the ecosystem, it's not track back the jobs, it's track back the skill sets that you're really amazing at. And you'll see almost like a yellow brick road, like, oh, this is the path I should be going. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people focus on what they've achieved, but I think the the better question is like, why did you achieve that, right? So what was it that you did that that's the reason why you achieved that point? I feel like I don't hear that often. And I'm glad you touched on that because I think it's such an important part because there are so many different things that people could do, you know, that fit into sort of what they are good at and what interests them. And they may go into, you know, quote unquote, the wrong thing because they knew the most popular thing underneath what they were good at. I love that point. I want to roll into the final question of the podcast. And this is the question that I ask every single guest who has ever been on the podcast. So based off of the title of this podcast, which is Fashion Your Passion, what is one tip that you would give dreamers based off of how you have fashioned your passion? Ooh, well, I say 
to myself that I'm an unapologetic dreamer. Mm. And so to that, I'd say, identify your strengths and don't apologize for your weaknesses. That's what it's about, right? And so even as we shared in this dialogue, I think about my role in different jobs that I've had. So I started my sports construction company in 2017. I had had seven to eight years of experience in the space. Like literally, I was a contractor helping assemble projects. And I was terrible. I mean, just not good. Like, again, like, I can't draw a straight line to save my life. Like, if it's up to me and you, straight line, I lost. You know what I'm saying? That's not what I can do. Can I consult with the client? Am, am I the first one who should probably step in when a project's over budget or we expect to be at this milestone, but, you know, Houston rain has pushed us back two weeks? Like, it's those soft skills that I naturally began to gravitate towards. And so as I began to kind of pivot a distance myself from this job. It's like, okay, well, what skill set does this organization lack that I have to provide? But then I was also honest enough with myself to say, like, there's this quote, and it says, never work with a man for a day if you can't work with him for the rest of your life. Mm. And so the idea for me was like, you know what? Yes, I can plug a couple of gaps in this organization, but is this organization going to allow me to flourish into the best version of myself that I can possibly be. You know, when I came to the realization that the answer was no, I had to make some tough decisions. And I guess the first thing I say is, again, don't apologize for being a dreamer and be honest about your weaknesses and deficiencies. And the second thing is like, be unapologetically you. And like, you're dope. Like, no matter what your skill set is, whether you're tight-fisted and you budget, you argue people back and forth at the grocery store over 10-cent discrepancy, be that. Like you may need to be a CPA or an auditor or whatever else, right? But it's like, be so authentically you that, like I said from the beginning, if you spend most of your day crafting your universe, you'll spend the rest of your day sharing it with the world. Yes. And that's a great, great note to end on. Where can people find you on social and where can people find your e-course and your book? Yeah. So on social, I'm on Coach Cam. Coach Cam Cares on YouTube, on IG, on Facebook. I actually just dropped a really dope series of content on YouTube about the book Alpha Redefined, kind of a cutting room floor behind the scenes on that. So check that out on YouTube. And then the course, the book, and I've actually got a free digital magazine on coachcamcourses.com. It's called Crown and Glory Magazine. I came up with it. We talked about during COVID, right? So just created something dope just again to allow people to see the world as I see it. It's an aesthetic-based luxury lifestyle magazine. It's just inspirational. And so all those things can be found on coachcamcourses.com. Yes, yes. And go check them out. And for my listeners, do not forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast down below as well. Share on your Instagram story what you learned from this podcast and tag both me at Fashion Your Passion Podcast and Cam at Coach Cam Cares. Cameron, thank you so much once again for coming on the podcast. And for my listeners, I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. I hope you learned something from this episode. And if you did, don't forget to screenshot you listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, and tag me at Fashion Your Passion podcast. I love hearing what you learned. As well, do not forget to scroll down and leave a rating and review. I love to read those too and know what you guys are thinking about the podcast. Be sure to tell all of your friends about this podcast because I want to spread this to as many teens as possible. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week.